Howdy, one and all. Welcome back to the show. We missed last week's uh, podcast. I was a little under the weather. Joe had commitments. Um, Nico had commitments. Um, and now we just need to be committed. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Hey, welcome, Brian. Doing awesome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So the big news is that they launched the... Um, Real Catch Wrestling Street Fight uh, mini mini series with uh, or uh, filmed by uh, BJJ Fanatics, and uh, I did not even know that they launched it until I don't know Wednesday or something. When uh, I guess Javier tipped off Joe, and Joe tipped off me, and uh, all of a sudden, okay, we got the video circulating. So some of you who are more intent and follow me already know this because Joe posted on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And I sent out a mass email. And so just for the record here, to those who are listening or or watching, I do not do social media anymore. I don't, I never did uh, Instagram ever. I've never even been on an Instagram. So I don't do Instagram. So if anybody comments on Instagram or YouTube or even Facebook, Unless Joe tells me, I'm not going to know about it. So if you want to say something or ask me something, uh, you got to email me. That's the only way to get a hold of me. I I deleted Facebook completely. So there's the business Facebook page. But as I say, Joe is the social media darling because he's Mr. Hollywood. He's got the looks. He's got the swagger. He's got that savoir faire, that, that attitude um, that just reeks like success, like Hollywood come get me kind of thing. Am I yeah, correct, Joe? They've been talking about the new Bond lately and, and <laughs> recasting, and I was like, I got the guy. I got the guy. Well, oh, abs- absolutely. No, we can get Paul Dodds to coach you with, with the uh, with the British accent there, uh, Joe. Oh, I thought I had a British accent. You're saying this is not British? All this time. Wow. Gosh. So, yeah, um, I – I, okay, so let me make a, a few. Th- let's talk about this video, but first, let's get some technical things uh, out of out of the way. So, uh, because I've I've already received uh, some emails regarding the uh, the video. I do not sell the video. Uh, I do not have copies of the video. The video is not available via DVD, and. All I did was show up and film. They filmed me, and uh, they they're marketing it and they're selling it. BJJ Fanatics and Joe will put a link to it. Now you know. So uh, 
They have the rights to the video and all of that jazz, all the technical stuff. But no, I don't sell it. All I can do is market it and try to get everybody on planet Earth to buy the video or the it's a download, but I still refer to it as video. I'm old school. Um, and, you know, I hope you guys do. It's, I, you know, BJJ Fanatics, obviously, uh, they have a big catalog of different styles and different um, Paladin Press referred to us as authors, but I just call ourselves call coach or instructors. Um, so they've, yeah, they've made the determination to go strictly downloads. No, no more DVDs. And as you know, on my website, it, I, I still offer DVDs and digital downloads, downloads of my products. I'll always have the digital downloads. I don't know how much longer I'll be doing the DVDs. Um, but um, so, yeah, that looks like it's the wave of the future until some other medium probably comes along. <laughs> Who knows? It'll be uh, chips in our head. Where you can have, yeah, it's going to be holographic videos. Screen yeah. directly into your subconscious. So that'll be the future we can all look forward to. Right. Yeah, that'll be good. You know, um, but. So let's talk about how this uh, all transpired and. And believe me, uh, I'm going to give you a little insight, everybody, into my psyche and into my personality, I guess, about this whole thing. And not just PJJ Fanatics, but just the whole business in general. Um, I've been around longer than, than many, maybe even longer than most, um, with the videos and uh, you know the Internet stuff. Uh, I mean, there's been instructors that had – probably videotapes out before the in invention of the internet. I'm not, I don't go far that far back, <laughs> but um, I hold everything back because uh, I don't get excited anymore because it just kind of gets you disappointed. And I know that the uh, video market is tough, not, you know, because of the piracy and, and so on. And very large organizations have gone out of business um, Paladin Press, for one, I did my big snap and no tap with them um, because of, you know, digital piracy, as they call it, not just their videos, but also their their books and so on. Um, I've also known. Um, or, I'm going to jump in and ask a question like books. What do people do like photocopy pages yeah. or how would you pirate books? Like Absolutely. PDF. PDF yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. they'll either photocopy or they'll just scan them in and then upload them to torrent sites. And, you know, people don't think anything of it, but it's a horrible thing because it's, it's damaged people like, of not just martial artists. I mean, this is across the, the whole board, uh, any kind of publication, um, people who self-publish or, you know, just smaller enterprises like that. It's kind of wiped them out, musicians and so on. And I've heard these, I call them thieves because that's what they are. When you, when you, when you pirate that, you're technically a felon, you've committed a felony. So um, they try to justify it. And well, there is no, there's just really no justification for it. So through the years, people have asked me, hey, you're going to do more videos, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, because of the piracy, because it's an expense. And it's also very laborious, as you could tell from this last series, trying to coordinate getting everybody together. So I would rather just make a quick video or do this membership site like I've, like I've been doing, um, which I can just film and go for it. So anyway, 
We don't know if this is going to be a success, this video series. I guess it just depends on you and the listening audience uh, if you support it, you know, if you purchase it. If, if you don't purchase it, then that tells me something. And I will not go forward with any more videos or probably any more projects because I'm getting to the point in my, in my life that I have to, uh, and I've said this for years, so it's not like I'm pulling the rug out from anybody. Uh, if you don't support me, i got to go, okay? Just like, if you, you know, you, have, you all work. If you go to your boss and you're not getting paid or you're not getting paid enough and you ask for a raise and he just keeps blowing you off and you're going to quit. You're going to find another job. So, you know, I have to probably go down, down that route unless this turns out to be a success. So we got all of that out of the way. Now, I'm, this was a very stressful project, more than any of the other ones, because of the fact of the situation with my mother. Not being able to leave this house, not being mentally and physically in top shape because of all this all the stress. So this was not something that I was looking forward to doing. I did not plan on doing this video. Uh, I had no thoughts about doing a video. But I owe all of this to a guy named Mason. Uh, I always want to call him Mason Storm because of the thing, but it's Mason Shock, who actually lived up to his name because he shocked me. I got an email. Joe was with me when I received the email. I'm like, he's reached out to this company called BJJ Fanatics. And I asked Joe, who are they? And then Joe's like, oh, I tried to email them a few years ago. And I'm like, okay. Honestly, I didn't know who they were because I don't, you know, scour the internet for that stuff. I stay completely out of the martial arts world. <laughs> so Mason wrote him a nice email, apparently, that that got there, uh, or it was it was a nice email, but apparently they thought so. And then they reached out they were very enthusiastic about wanting to do a project. So that kind of put me under the gun. And then, but Mason believes in me, right? I have to give him that. He, he, he loves uh, the catch wrestling. He's trained under me. He's been to seminars and he really tries, you know, he, he's, he's one of these guys that comes, he has a million ideas, you know, and we have an age difference. And I, we, you know, my, I live in like, like I should be riding a horse in, you know, and well, not a horse, I'm not a country boy, but you know, I'm like a model T Ford kind of guy. There you go. Uh, and I, I, I'm not hip with some of the new stuff, but um, so really it was because of him. And then I thought, well, boy, I, now is not the time, you know, this couldn't happen at a worse time, but it happened. And I'm like, okay, I got to whip myself. I got to whip myself in shape because I'm not going to make an asshole out of him or anybody else. Okay. I said, I'm going to show up, you know, um, good to go. Now, normally I, I don't let myself get too far out of shape, but really I've been struggling this. I've never had a, a period of life except when I was injured or very unhealthy, you know, hospitalized where I could not work out. Um, and now you people might think, well, you got this whole nice area. Well, being down in the basement is a problem because she feels, my mother who's upstairs, feels abandoned. So I always stay upstairs. I sleep upstairs, of course. I don't sleep down here. I, my whole house is upstairs, and she's staying with me. 
So even coming down here for a few moments is is really difficult. Um, as if you follow this, sometimes you know that I've had to leave the podcast to go check on her. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to let Mason down because he he did this. He reached out, so I want to thank him publicly. You know, um, it's flattering that that you know he wanted to kind of help make a resurgence to get me back on top again. Um, and we don't know if it'll happen or if it won't happen. That's out of our hands, right? Um, and really, it's in your hands, in the, in, the, in the viewing and listening audience. It's up to you guys to uh, either make it happen or not make it happen. And that can be kind of frustrating, you know, because I'm normally the type of guy that likes to control my own destiny. If I want to bench 500 pounds, I'm going to put the work in to try to bench 500 pounds. Uh, but with something like this, you can put all the work in and succeed and yet fail. Really, you know, uh, <laughs> So all I knew that I could do was not let him down and then get this crew together that wanted to. I had an idea, and my thought in this was this. There's a lot of misconceptions about catch wrestling in general or grappling arts in general outside of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And um, back when I did, when I relaunched the interest in catch wrestling here in America, back in the nineties, um, you know, there was pretty much here, two guys, myself and the legendary Luthes, you know, and Brian has talked about the time. The first time I met Brian was with, with, with Luthes and so on. And, um, it was the first time I had met Lou. I had talked to him on the phone, but, and now there's different, uh, groups or, you know, factions or uh, styles of catch wrestling and, and all of that jazz. And my thought was this, you know, people, I don't promote myself. I really don't. I just have my website and I've gotten yelled at actually by people through the years because I don't even generally market the guys that I've trained and that they've won titles. I, I don't even really hardly, I used to never do it, never talk about it, but then I started to talk about it a little bit, but I've trained predominantly through the years, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, more BJJ guys than any other style, period, or any other non-style, okay? The majority of my students have been BJJ guys, okay? And most of the world doesn't know that. So I wanted the world to realize it, and on this video series, we have three BJJ black belts that I've trained, okay? Um they're on this video. And so that segment of it, my thought was to reach out to the new crowd, the new people who the younger generation that may not have heard of me, because again, I don't market myself. I don't know how. Um, and they'll be like, wow, he trains BJJ guys and actual black belts and so on. The guy must really be good. Then there's the other segment section or segment. And that's the old timers, the guys that you've been with me forever and ever and ever. And 
I wanted you guys to see my crew, my group, as many of them that are still walking and talking and able to get together, kind of like a reunion. So I wanted it in my mind to be the best of both worlds, the old world and the new world, okay? And we kind of mesh. So that was my thought. And when I talked to the crew, we, we had a little private Zoom meetings and so on about this. Um, we had a lot of things that we needed to do here. Uh, BJJ Fanatics offered to fly me out to Boston. Well, that was a no-go because of my mother. So they flew out here, or he flew out here, one cameraman, Zach Betancourt, very nice man, very talented. Um, and so we had to find a facility. And then we had to get everybody's everybody coordinated. As a matter of fact, one guy was there for the filming, ready to film, but had a blowout because he had a situation come up at his house and he couldn't make it back. So I still didn't, you know, I, I, I really wanted this to be a one-of-a-kind video where we have world champions, national champions, state champions, all these champions on this video. So I pretty much accomplished that, okay? Um and then we thought, okay, we're going to do an introduction here, sort of. Once again, to reach that new market, we're going to put a, we're going to show them some basics and new twists for the old timers, uh, twists, <laughs> you know, just new approaches. And really, I kind of passed the baton once I got done filming to BJJ Fanatics. And so, in essence, they saw what I've done. Now, I'm going to sit back and see what they do. And, and let's see if their marketing machine, you know, their, their broad reach, their audience, um, let's see how that goes. You know, um, I can only do so much. And there's a bunch of people that I want to thank. I kind of not want to, I don't want to tip everybody's identity, right? Because I want it to be a surprise. But you know a few people who've been on it. We've discussed it. Obviously, if you go to the website, you'll see Josh Pacini, who was on our, he was a guest. He's one of the black belts. And Javier Palomo, who's my world champion and also a black belt. Um, you know, this is really a new experience for me because when I first did the lost art of hooking in the nineties, BJJ set themselves up as, you know, well, it, it's us or them. Right. And Javier once talked about that on this show that, yeah, it was like that for many years, but it's really not like that anymore. People are, are, are sharing information, you know, cross pollinating and getting the hybrid systems developed. There may still be some rivalries within the, uh, you know, BJJ community or within, you know, certain judo schools or catch wrestling schools, whatever. But the one thing that sets me apart is I really focus on more self-defense oriented. Again, yes, I do train sport. I've trained champions at all levels. But I my love is the self-defense because there's there's none of that. There, there's, there's really no niche um well it's a niche it's a niche market um with the self-defense because i i'm one of the few guys that has the whole the whole uh picture i can punch kick strike strike whatever you want to call it 
submit. I can do all of that. And not everybody can say that they can do that. And not everybody has the experience in the real world scenarios that I have. So that's what I want my focus to be. Um, so this is all because of Mason. <laughs> this is the guy. So again, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel that there's pressure here because this is everything now. I've put, I always talk about when you train, when you fight, I should say, when you go to, to put a submission hold on, you know, don't go down a dead end street. You always heard me say that. Always make sure there's an escape route. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, in a way, I've kind of put my all my eggs in one basket here, okay, because according to these guys, Joe and Brian and Javier and Andre, uh, BJJ Fanatics is now the big, the big show. And, you know, when I first started, I was with World Martial Arts, and they were the big show. And then later on, Palette and Press, in their, in their uh, genre, they were the big show. So I've been lucky that I've been with the big shows, right? Um, but this is it. Okay, uh, to borrow a line from Luthez, it's for all the money's marbles and chalk. Okay, um, BJJ Fanatics probably is is this project will be the determiner of my fate, and that's hard for me to say because they're just an entity that I'm not even really familiar with. But you know, it's just the way it is. I. I don't have the marketing skills. And, uh, and through the years, I, I only associated with one guy who was a marketing guy, but <clears throat> he tried to instruct me, but I just, you know, I need help. Okay. And, uh, and I actually need like a marketing guy that would say, I'll market you. And that's never happened. You know, um, through all these years, it's never happened. So now let's just see what happens here. And I see, we see the lovely Bruce Lee here. Hello, good morning. Yeah. So bottom line, that's it. Uh it's it's all about that. So I I again want to thank Mason for starting this whole project. And everybody else, um, you know, Jason, Bender, um, Josh Pacini, all the guys that I'm allowed to mention <clears throat> without spoiling the total surprise. Of course, Javier, you know, these guys know so how I feel. And once the video is out for a little while, I mean, Bruce obviously is here. So that's one cat out of the bag. Bruce appears on the video. Um, and it's just awesome that these people supported me enough to some of them flew out from different states, Bruce being one of them, drove in from different parts of the, you know, different or drove in from different states like, um, like Nico, you know, and, uh, it's just been, it was just, it was a wonderful turnout and it was a great day. And now we just sit back and, and hope for the best. And You're that's about, about all I can say about it. What video are you talking about? The one with the midgets and the donkeys? Or the yeah, one, that one. Or the one you know, with uh, Javier and Jason's place? No, no, the donkey one, because you know what? I'm still getting billed by the uh, trash collection company for that stuff. I'm like, what kind of shit is this? And they will be back. Uh, yeah, donkey shit. I'm like, oh man, that's funny. 
No, Joe, this is uh, Javier and you guys, yeah. The the uh, <laughs> We're talking about the BJJ Fanatic video because, as you know, you it's been released. You have a copy. Hey, hey Tony, can we talk, like, your thoughts about the content? Because I was pretty proud about what we put down. You mentioned that your kind of niche and focus is self-defense, and that's something that sets you apart from a lot of a lot of the other instructional videos that are out there. They all have their value and things like that, but... Uh, the thing that we were kind of talking about, and, and when, because Brian and I, and you got together a few times before the filming, just to kind of uh, brainstorm ideas. And one of the kind of concepts was like having you uncensored, you know, because in the previous videos, you know, other outside forces would say, well, let's try and market it towards sport grappling, or let's try and focus on this one element where, to me, this was not just an introduction, but it was also kind of a chance for you to kind of present these moves in, in kind of your, your, your total approach to them. Well, let's, let me just say this and Bruce can talk his take on just strict like amateur wrestling. But if I were to produce a video series on like complete, like street self-defense thing, I am not exaggerating this. What I'm about to say is not hyperbole, but it would be minimum 50, 60 videos. I mean, there's just no way, maybe more even, you know, depending on how long they are. It, 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 I, it, there'd be so much because you have to learn to walk before you can do before you can run. And yeah, you'd have to learn about all of that. And then the psychology and the things. So yeah, this was a taste. This was an introduction and a teaser in, in essence of four volumes. They made it. So it's quite a long video of a video uh, you know, project or video series. Um, but it's to whet people's appetite, and if they buy the product and it sells, you know, like uh, shitloads, boatloads, then BJJ fanatics will want to do more, and then we can make this a continuing series. We can, we can, we can start pumping these out once or twice a year or whatever. Um, but again, it all boils down to, you know, the support. I, I mean, I get a lot of you know nice emails through, you know. Oh, Tony, you're the man, or we love your stuff, and, you know, da-da-da, you know, and, okay, I, I hate to sound almost like a panhandler, but you've got to support the products, you know, otherwise it just, you know, just like any, like you could have, you could be the best chef in the world, but if nobody's coming to your restaurant, you're going to have to close the restaurant. So what do you exactly want me to tell you about the video? Because I don't, you know, it's been over a month. We filmed it on the 18th, so it's been roughly a month. But with my brain, I don't remember everything we even did. And I know that what I tried to show is when you're going up against these guys were all athletes that I'm demonstrating on. Champion wrestlers or jujitsu champions, black belts, and strong guys, fit guys. And these aren't guys that I just pull out of the crowd. These are all people who've trained under me and, and wanted to be a part of this project, which means a lot to me because they believe in what, I, what I'm doing um, and they believe in my style. And these guys have been broad trained. They've, they've, they've trained with a lot of people. And for them to want to be a part of this, I think speaks volumes and, and really is an attaboy to me. That makes me feel good, but I feel honored that they would do this. I honor them by wanting to be a part of this. You know, it's one thing to, um, 
you know, blow somebody's mind that that's a, you know, a fish, a complete raw beginner. But it's another thing to have the support of your peers. And that's just a wonderful feeling. So uh, that's really part of my strategy when I filmed this, is to have some guys that maybe my followers, if you want to call them that, um, have never seen before. And I think that they should get a kick out of the fact that, hey, man, I got some high-level high jiu-jitsu guys here, and, you know, that, that this should open up people's mind. At least I hope so. That was my take on it. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I want to chime in on something. So from there, the website copy for BJJ Fanatics was one bullet that I found interesting that is uh, pretty accurate. It says, chain together different positions and brutal submissions so your opponent doesn't have a chance to breathe. And when I read that, I'm not sure about their intent because I didn't write the ad copy, but it really speaks to the idea of literally maybe you can't breathe because you're being, you know, smothered, pinned, uh, you know, put pressure in a situation. But there's also that, you know, more figuratively type idea of I don't have a chance to catch my breath because I'm getting hit with this offensive position or I'm being ripped or a gouged or things like that. So, you know, maybe we can talk more on that, on that philosophy, because I do think that's a cornerstone of, of catch wrestling the way you approach it, Tony. Well, Friday, I'm glad you brought that up because, and I forgot to tell Joe to send a link to Martin because Martin wanted to appear on this uh, podcast today. Martin was talking on Friday um, when I was giving him uh, his lesson um, about how people, you know, Martin's a lot like me, cynical, you know, uh, skeptical, you know, we're hard nosed. And he's like, you know, so many people want to see the flashy stuff, the stuff that, you know, like makes a good pose, right? You look good. But it's really not, honestly, all that effective because, you know, you don't see it actually being accomplished often. And he brought up specifically um, the head and arm and how that is such a wonderful hold down. Or we call it, Sometimes I'll call it a pin, but it's really not. It's a hold down. Um and through the years, I've gotten many emails from people saying, I've tapped out my jujitsu partners just from that hole because they, they're helpless. They can't get out of it. Um, so, yeah, in that, re in that reference to it, you can't breathe. But with me, as you know, and Brian, you, you wrestled uh, similar. Uh, we're all over the place, meaning just like a boxer who's moving and bobbing and weaving and all that, that's how I approach the things on the ground. I'm not um, – lumbering you know where and and i'm off my knees okay that's the biggest thing the only time i'm on my knees is if i'm demonstrating or i'm doing it for uh, a purpose or we're posing for a picture or something where i'm not trying to hurt the guy but that just enables me to move around the person on the ground just as you would in, on the feet you know and, and and i think that's the biggest one of the biggest differences outside of the way i apply my submissions uh, is my approach. Uh, and, and yeah, when, when they said, I guess you, you said that they said, I uh, don't give the guy a chance to breathe or whatever. Um, yeah, I think they mean it two ways, probably. I would take it two ways. Physically, they can't breathe. And secondly, they're out of breath because they don't know where the hell Tony's coming from next. <laughs> you think I'm going to follow up question on that? Because I've had a couple instances rolling with guys where I've got them in a hold down. 
and I can sense they are uncomfortable or they are, you can just sense they're starting to freak out, you know, and they start to thrash wildly. And so I will try and hold that position. If I sense they're thrashing, I want them to burn themselves out there, you know, let them before I start moving and, and going for something else, I'll try and capitalize on their panic. Cause I just sense they're like this, you know, I can hold and use my weight and they're just going to expend a whole bunch of energy before I move. So kind of the opposite as opposed to being active, I, that's a moment. I guess, how do you feel about that occasionally? Where, like if there's a moment where like just letting that person thrash and staying still will, will set me up for now, they'll, they'll be gassed for, for the big finish. Well, let's, let's, let's look at things constructively. What you just said, balls on accurate. But let's face a couple of things here, and I don't mean it to be an embarrassment or something, but I'm at a different skill level than you, and I'm, at a, I'm, a, I'm different than you athletically. Yeah, I can do what you're talking about, and I have done that, and you've seen it, you know, especially if I'm ripping you to get those reactions and get you to panic. But I'm more explosive, um, and, and that's just part of my you – know, I'm hyper to begin with, just, as, just in my everyday life. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be around on the ground a little bit more than most people. Um, so, but what you're addressing is, is another factor of it. You know, that's another section of it where, yeah, you can make that man thrash around, but you're only able to do that, Joe, because you're putting that right, correct pressure on him. You're not just letting him relax. And I think I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that several times on this, on this video series about do not let this man relax. If this guy's relaxing. Um, you've failed. You're doing something inappropriate here. It's it's going to be a protracted, long ass thing. Um, and sometimes, you know, your approach. I don't want to say it'll take less conditioning because I don't want somebody to look for shortcuts. Like, oh, okay, I'm out of shape, so I'll, I don't have to be in shape. I can just wrestle like Joe. No, you want to be in shape, but um, your approach is extra, very valid, Joe. And the beautiful thing is it fits your personality. You don't need to be a clone of me, you know, um, or, or Bruce or Brian, you know, we're all individuals. And um, bottom line is you're finding success. And that's what, that's the only thing we want to be a clone of success. I think Joe, like what you're talking about is like a way to set a guy up, right. Or, or somebody up. If you apply a little pressure this way, they move that way. And then while they're moving, especially somebody who's not very good in the beginning, they're going to move all out of context, right? Their body's not going to be tied together. They're not going to do certain things a certain way. And then you're going to catch a lot of things that way. Um, like setups, I think you got to get it to the point where I was thinking, I was smiling a little bit. One of the best things I used to love about working out with Brian is Brian didn't care what I did. And I'm a little lazy. And so I would just like, you know, whatever we did, we would just beat on each other. Like my favorite thing to do with Brian was just to, he was, I swear to you, he never cared what I did to his nose in any way, shape or form. <laughs> and I would just do whatever I can. I put my elbow right on it. I fucking just start fucking with his nose and turning his head and doing whatever I can just to hurt him. And that was my thought. I didn't even want to smit him. I was just like, how can I fucking hurt him? And that was a lot of fun. I think you should start thinking of it that way. And then don't think about how you're going to submit the guy. Just start thinking about how you're going to hurt him. And then, and then submissions will come. He's right. He I mean, that's how I learned. The, the way... Go ahead. 
no, I was just saying, yeah, um, that's kind of how we used to train. And um, often Bruce would put that on me and I would try to get it on Bruce. And sometimes I would, or sometimes I wouldn't, you know, it's just one of those things where it may open up other things. There's one other thing too, that I remember too, Bruce, when I think if I recall, you weren't the type to be very active when you wrestled, but there were still times where you're moving. And so, for example, like, especially like in a front headlock position, you would sometimes be moving. Um, and because that's a very interesting position, if you think about from a front headlock, because it's kind of a neutral space. You're both facing each other. One person obviously has dominance because you might have, they have the headlock, whereas the other person does not. But there's still a lot of opportunities for the bottom person to escape or right. uh, do whatever. And I do remember mm-hmm. that, like, like even in front headlock, you wouldn't necessarily just hold the position. You might move around. You might start shifting. Oh, you gotta, you gotta move, right? You yeah, can't. and so, so that actually disguises the when your offense is like put in a place where it's going to a submission or turning the guy. Um, it's not as if you're completely still, and then the guy moves, and obviously the guy in the bottom knows, hey, he's moving to do this. You're just moving a little bit constantly, holding that position, but still being active. And then when you do strike your actual offense. Like I said, it's in disguise. So that's a huge, yeah. I think, element I mean, to this. You try to explode into your movements, right? But like, even when you're not doing anything, you're always adjusting. That's why you're always moving. Even you're not doing anything. Even if you're just laying on top of a guy, but the guy moves, you got to move, right? Or if you want to do certain things to him, you want to move him, then you got to move him. Well, he's see, I always took the approach, and I agree with with uh, both of you guys. So to piggyback off of what Bruce said, some people look at it like turning on a switch. Well, I don't. Not not a traditional toggle switch. Mine is more like a potentiometer, a volume control, where there's degrees, okay, back and forth. And that's what he's talking about. With, with, a, with a toggle switch, you're, you're either 100% on or 100% off. With a potentiometer, there's degrees. And that's what you have to focus on when you're Russell, Joe, is your degrees of, how much on are you going to be? You can still be 100% on with the potentiometer, but you can also be 90, 80, 70, whatever, and learn to adjust that way. And the other big thing is, now I'll speak generally. Now, obviously, I haven't seen every, every fighter that ever lived, but most people are all in. They're either totally grappling mode, and then they'll strike. Now they're totally striking mode, and they're totally grappling mode. I'm not like that, man. I try to blend the two together where I'm grappling and striking simultaneously. And what I mean by strikes is not necessarily just punches or kicks, but, you know, rips, blah, blah, blah. And, again, going back and forth. So this guy, the opponent, is never going to get set. He's never going to know. what He just doesn't have a clue what's going to happen next. And that's where the panic attack sets in. That's where the guy starts to get, you know, anxious, has this anxiety like, what the hell, man, what's – what's going next and um that sets me apart i've not seen again i'm not saying nobody else does it i have not seen anybody do you know approach fighting like like i do and um and i you know and it may not be for you you know this style may not be for you that's but that's something that you have to train for a while and find out but um it's (laughs) it's certainly different and what Brian was saying about the rips, you know, or Joe, Brian, uh, Bruce with the, the, the nose and all that, see, that's got to be part of it. And so many gyms just frown on it. They won't allow it. They just – and it, it really changes the way you, you are. And then <coughs> add in weapons. Huh? That's my favorite part. Well, yeah, because it changes everything you've learned 
you'll find, wow, there was a shortcut to getting out of this. This is, wow, this was really simple. This Look how vulnerable I am. Now, take my, let, let, everybody, let's, let's go back in time. Let's go back to when the UFC started, 93 or whatever, um, where you would have your traditional martial artists. Forget the style. It's irrelevant in, my, in the point I'm trying to make. But they were puncher kickers, right? And so Hoist comes along, and, you know, he wins the UFC, and all of a sudden people are like, wow, you know, grapplers. Well, some of us already knew about that. You know, we all knew that, well, we can grapple, and we, we, have, a, we have a big advantage. But – just as that was a light bulb for a lot of people, like, oh, my God, all my strikes are ineffective. If a guy shoots in, it takes me down. The next level, the next evolution is when you're ripping somebody, a grappler. Now, you got two grapplers, but one is trained by me or one is me, and I'm ripping or Bruce is ripping. We're doing all this stuff to open you up. That's another light bulb moment for so many people. They're like, holy shit, man. I, wow, now I see the difference between my sport technique and how, you know, it can be countered here. Um so that's another level. And then the next level would be when there's weapons involved, be it a gun or be it you know, close contact, let's say knives or whatever, um, that changes everything. I remember one time, this was all in, in Stone Park at the old tool and die shop. I purposely did this. I wrestled somebody. I don't remember who. I think it was an out-of-towner that came in to train. Some of you guys might have been there. I had my work boots on, and I purposely had them loose. Well, not tight, but they, they, they were tied, but they were loose. So I'm on my back, and I'm, I'm letting him do his thing. I get him between my legs, and unbeknownst to him, I untie my shoelace, and I strangle him with my shoe, with my shoelace, while my shoe's still on. Okay, this is another, like like a, a judo guy or jiu-jitsu guy might use his gi belt. Well, you're prepared for that. Well, who's prepared to get t- taken out, like, garroted with a shoelace? Now, imagine if I didn't have a shoelace. Imagine if it was something else. You know, you become vulnerable. Um, and and this, is a, this is another thing that has to be exposed. I discussed this in the Snap No Tap, but we were never able to do a follow-up video with the Snap No Tap because society was changing. Not society, but, again, with the tape piracy and things were changing and, uh, you know, moving away from the, uh, from the video instructions because there was just the producers, you know, couldn't really, really make any money. So, and as we, as we know, Paladin, unfortunately, you know, went out of change, business. Change of times. Videotapes are gone. No more DVDs, you know. That well, was, no. Well, yeah. those were DVD. No, those were DVDs. But I'm just saying, because of the digital piracy was so right. bad. I mean, DVDs ushered that in. Before that was tape trading, which really took a lot of effort um, to burn people's tapes. And, you know, make copy. It, it was an investment. So, like, if you're a scam artist and wanted to sell illegal bootleg copies, yeah, you had to go out and buy the VHS. It takes time. Now, you know, they can circumvent all of that shit with just uploading the shit. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many different levels. And then there's the street, there the, I mean, the, the stand-up aspect of all of this. You know, how even the world's greatest wrestler on his feet could be vulnerable, you know, in a street self-defense situation. Wrestling alone isn't enough. I mean, sometimes it might be, but many times it isn't. Um, as a matter of fact, I just heard an interesting story, which I don't want to delve into, but Martin told me something, Bruce, about your infamous tripping over the sidewalk curb thing. I never knew this until Friday, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> Do you know what I'm even talking about? I've tripped over a lot of things and it fell flat on my face. And many <laughs> people 
I've seen different <laughs> versions of that, so I don't actually know which specific one, but yeah, no, that's one of many. Well, no, it's just an interesting, you know, and I keep telling people, I don't know why they don't get it's for some, it doesn't sink in that there was no sport grappling like this when I was introduced to all of it. All there was was your entertainment style professional wrestling. And, you know, there was no, um, you know, sports stuff. And I think even if there was difference also, like people who are into people, if, if you've never been in sports or you've never been in contact sports or then even more so combat sports, you don't really real even. Okay. So even though it's watered down, people don't realize the level of contact effort, physicality that happens. Like, you know, my wrestling coach used to always even say my high school coach had a lot of influence on me, Pat Zoberberg. He used to always say, listen, when you hit your wrestling moves, it's the same as hitting a punch in boxing. He goes, because <clears throat> his dad was Golden Gloves coach, right? So they grew up boxing and wrestling. We always had a heavy bag in our wrestling room in high school. And he used to say, you never go and hit a guy like this, would you? He goes, no, you never hit someone like that. Right, right. Boom, right? And he goes, it's the same way with all your wrestling moves. And no one's going to be nice enough when you want their arm, just going to give it to you. You have to fucking take it. Like, you have to say, that's mine, and I'm taking it from you, whether you want it or not. Like, so, you know, so always wrestling, it's always been like, you, you go to judo. These, they're fucking tough guys. They're hard-nosed because that's how they've been taught, right? So that was always the thing that's missing if you never had contact sports, if you never had a guy tell you that, listen, you're not hurt. You're not injured. There's the difference. You're, you're just hurt. You're not injured. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Get the fuck back in there. Bruce, right. one thing you always told me was um, about grappling. You said, I, we were just in a conversation. It wasn't like some quote that you're throwing out. It was basically something to the fact that grappling is violent if done right. And that really always stuck with me. It's like, um, you know, people think about like violence in, in this kind of meta, maybe this specific sense of a street altercation or, you know, maybe a, a full contact fight. But grappling, if done correctly, is violent. Is, and explain that your thoughts behind that. Yeah, no, it is. The whole thing is violent. It's a violent act. You're trying to impose your will on another person. What's not violent about that? Unless they just say, okay. Right? But even in a sporting sense. So that's why everything got watered down, right? Because you couldn't just go and kill somebody. You couldn't just go and break their arms. You couldn't just go and rip their fucking face off. Or, you know leg lock them. You can't do that. So then everything gets watered down to the sports, right, with rules and things like that. What he's talking about, breaking legs and arms and, you know, all that rotator cuff stuff, people, I I don't mean to sound like, uh, uh, I don't know. Back then, I mean, even when I was young, these were permanent injuries. Okay, we didn't have that arthroscopic surgery Mm -hmm. techniques and all of that stuff. You blow your knee out, you blow your shoulder out, or whatever it is, um, you could be crippled and hampered for the rest of your life. And you put a full Nelson on, you know, guys have gotten killed, broken necks um, when done properly. So, yes, it was very, very dangerous. That's the hooks. That's what we discuss on this video that we just filmed. Hooks. Um, and there's a difference you know, um, between what we do and jujitsu. Jujitsu is a gentle art where, yes, you could injure someone, break an arm, but what we're talking about is 
was, was total destruction here. And meaning you have to have intervention, medical intervention. You know, um, you're not just talking about popping an elbow capsule here. <laughs> you know, so Bruce is right. You, you know, uh, you, you couldn't do that back in those days because you might only have two wrestling matches and that'd be the end of your career. Oh, but that's, that's what I always used to think about. It's like, you know, my coach saying, you don't, you never throw a punch like this. If you're in a fight, we're in high school, you know, but he was, you know, just gesturing. We weren't fighting that, that much back then. But right, Joey, if you really think about it, you never hit someone like that. And this is why Tony always talks about when he hits certain moves, it's always all in, right? When you go to someone who, to learn about a takedown, they're always talking about explode, right? When everybody talks about hitting their techniques, everybody explodes into them. No one says I slowly, occasionally you'll find like a gi choke or something. People are like, I slowly sneak my way in before you know it, right? That's a different thing. But when they're really actually, you know, it's, it's explosions all over the place, right? People want to boom. Well, that's one of the things that I, or is, is, is that intentionally blurring the, or, or crossing the descriptions. So when you're sprawling, you're striking the guy down into the mat, you know, because I think mentally, a lot of people, when they're new to it, or however they've been trained, there is definitely that line in their mind. Now I'm hitting, and then now I'm grappling, where it's really, it's important to keep every grappling movie, but like when we're in the, in the video that we're selling in this BJJ Fanatics, uh, one of the things we go over is the uh, front face lock. Well, you're hitting their head and neck like an uppercut, you know, and I remember every time you're putting a choke on, you're ringing that person's bell, like even if it's the rear naked choke, most people think of it as kind of grabbing and hugging, but it's like, no, it starts with the striking motion. And so it's to me, it's constantly like, you know, I I practice that on different, and it's hard to practice that because like I said, your people are taking full on strikes. And and so I think it's, it's important to be deliberate, I guess, about like, whether it's you're shooting a takedown or hitting a sprawl or hitting a submission. Now, granted, obviously when you're training partner, you can't pop, you know, a submission full speed, but think about practicing that, that I'm actually hitting it as a, as in a strike, that it should be at striking speed and it should be to rattle them first. If anything, you're causing some pain and, and disorientation by just that alone. You, should pretend, you have to. Pre- you should pretend like you have a knife in your hand when you're behind somebody next time. See how that changes your head. Well, yeah, you got to train. You got to do it. You can't just, you know, say, "Oh, well, all right." I know that you got to hit hard. So when the time comes, I'll actually hit hard. It doesn't. It just simply does not work that way, uh, especially in any doesn't even have to be a street fight, but, you know, in a competition where your adrenaline kicks in and you're not really, you know, you're going on reflex, okay? That's the big thing that people don't seem to understand. You're training your body to be reflexive. So if you're soft, let's just say nice and slow, that's how you're going to react, okay? You have to make a concerted effort to try to counter that on the fly when you don't want to do that. You know, you want to be, you know, you, you want to be good to go all in, you know, um, there's just, a, so a lot of it is just, a, huh? That's why we always tab verbally more than this. Cause you scream faster. Yeah. Right. We were always like, well, oh, I don't care. Versus yeah. seriously, you just, you could hear, you, everyone could hear faster. And especially if this goes on, you, you don't need to crank it. He just needs, you just need to suck it in. And then, well, and the fact is when i apply or you guys us when we apply these submissions contrary to other styles uh or even other catch wrestlers 
it's painful. It's going to make you scream because it is painful. Um, once again, it's not der derived from the gentle way of doing it. Judo is the, the gentle way. Jiu-Jitsu is a gentle art. Um, it's the antithesis of that. And I understand why they did it. If I'm, I mean, I shouldn't probably be talking about judo. I'm not an expert, but Jigoro Kano, I guess, wanted to get introduced into the Japanese schools. Um, so again, he kind of mellowed it out a bit, but this is ancient shit. And, you know, it is painful, 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 painful. And um, yeah, <laughs> that, there used to be the expression cry uncle, right? And the emphasis was on cry. If, if huh? judo and wrestling were nice, they just do it. They wouldn't do it on mats. Why, why even roll all the mats? They just do it yeah, on the ground. Right. One of those yeah. throws would just kill you. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's just a different pro approach completely. And it's a different mindset. And it's not for everybody. Somebody's like, you know, like Bruce was a very accomplished amateur, you know, sport wrestler, amateur wrestler. That's some, sometimes it's all anybody wants. There's a lot of people out there, man, that are really opposed to the violence. I get it. Hey, man, that's, that's cool. That's fine. There's even people like um, that we know that want to just do what they call a friendly little spar, a little friendly little roll. That's what you want to do? Then do it. Who, who are we to say no? Um, but I'm for that other guy. You know, I'm for that other group of people, male and female, that just want to learn to kill people with their bare hands. That's me. <laughs> That's well, we discussed this on that video series, you know. Um, That's true. I'm anti-violence, but I do want to learn how to hurt people with my hands in case I have to. Right. But I'm totally anti-violence. I do as well. Yeah. Well, well, you're you know, it's your it's your it's your heritage. It's your, it's your you're from Taiwan. OK, this is what you you do. You know, um, you're, you're more placid. You're Buddhist. My name is Bruce Lee. I mean, if I don't know some of this shit, I'm I'm embarrassing myself. Well, I the name myself, right? And then if I don't know it, then it's worse. Hey, Bruce, well, can you, you still do a tornado kick? Yeah, I probably need to warm, like, stretch okay. a little bit. You, you that always tripped me out, man. Two hundred sixty pound man. He's pulling out a full on tornado kick as good as me. So. Um, and I guess to jump on that, it's, it's, and that's where it can be challenging, especially probably with COVID now. And, you know, um, is really, if an opportunity arises to where you can have training partners that are aligned with you, you know, regarding these types of methods, I think that's important, um, because not every place, not every gym is receptive to it for obvious reasons. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it might be dangerous or it just isn't good for student retention, or it's just not, you know, congruent with their particular, um, idea of grappling, but it's a big, a big element too, is, is really actually training it, developing it so that you can actually apply it. Because as Tony said, it's not like, it's just, Oh, when the time comes, I'll do it. No, it's, it's really whether or not you've actually practiced it that way. Yeah. And, and you got to bear in mind that if you're practicing it that way, that means your training partner's practicing it that way too. And he or she will have their own little developments and their own little input so the next time you go to bear hug the guy, you know, or the gal, you know, they may be sticking their thumb in your eyeball, you know, <laughs> and th this is, you know, the way it goes. Uh, and it's funny because we've heard, all of us have heard this, and Joe and I have talked about this many times that, well, if you did that, I would do this. And then inevitably, it happens. 
and it's never been intentional in training, but accidentally it happens. And they're completely debilitated, all right? All this shit about, I would do this if you did that, goes out the window. They do nothing. But, you know, like, oh, ah. And that's, that's the real world. That's also a big part of because people don't spend enough time training, right? It's all theory. They talk about it. It's like me, go to ping pong. My coach is always like, oh, you should have done this. You could have done this and took a full swing. I'm like, dude, I could barely get to that spot. How am I going to get a full swing? I knew what to do. I could understand what he was saying, but it was physically impossible for me to perform that task until I've done it, you know, with him for 10 hours in a row later. And then I was like, okay, right. Well, that's, that's the point. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because when I, when I went to the BJJ Fanatics website, I was astonished at all these different martial art guys that most of them I've never heard of, right? Some of them, of course, I have. But it's all techniques, this, that, da-da-da-da-da. Man, there's – forget the techniques. There's, there's plenty of techniques, all right? The world doesn't need any more techniques. It's the stuff like Bruce just said. All right, I know the technique, how to swing full. How do I get to that point? Why was I out of position? What, you know, help me there. And now I'm not speaking about Bruce's ping pong coach now, but so many people can't help you with that. They don't even know. Well, you should have done this and that. Well, what? How? And and that, again, is the strategy. That's what I always talk about, being in position, never being out of position. So when your moment of uh, uh, the the opening is there, you're, you're ready to strike. You're ready. And when I mean strike, you know, like you're ready to do the technique, whatever it may be. Um, execute. They execute. Yeah, you're ready to execute. Exactly. Thank you. So there, so people just want to make these videos on techniques. There's the same techniques, maybe a little different things here. But, man, it's the strategy. It's the principles. Um, and we always talk. Well, I always say, look at boxing. You know, there's what, six punches? There's not 60. You know, there's not boxers coming out with new ways of striking, per, you know, per se. It's just the setups, the subtleties, the this and that, the physicality of it. And, you know, quit looking for a, a shortcut, you know, like a special technique that nobody's ever seen or this uh, one-size-fits-all thing. No, 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 no. Um, and then we can get into the, the technique that you're learning. Is it really effective? You know, just because a punch is not a punch. I think Bruce Lee said that. Punch is a puncher. Somebody did. But Wait, no. Are Bruce Lee or the other Bruce Lee? No, the other one. Not okay. the real one, the other one. <laughs> hey, spe- on that note, it's great to see Bruce Lee and Joe and Tony. I have to get going for the day. So we'll catch well, thanks you, for uh, being here. You know, for sure. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Talk to you. But, but what, what I was getting at is there's a right way or, you know, or, uh, so there's a wrong way, there's a right way, and then there's even a better way, okay? So you want to do it the best way possible, the most effective, the most powerful, the most efficient way of, of doing it. Um, and that's everything. And Bruce will tell you that, you know, there's beginner wrestlers or not, let's say beginners, but let's say they've been doing it a year or so and they'll score takedowns against other wrestlers. But there's a whole world of difference between a guy who's done it for a year, year and a half, and it's getting some success and a guy who's ready for the Olympics or is at the NCAA finals here. All right. Right. It's, it's the amount of time they've spent. They're just better because they've been doing it longer. They're more dedicated. So, like, I'll take Joe for an example. Not, you know, like, or anyone. Me, right? I want to get better at ping pong. I just had to go play a lot. It wasn't like, dude, in the beginning, you know, it's like, 
in, in grappling, you're looking for the secret moves, the secret sauce. In ping pong, I was like, what kind of paddle should I get? What kind of rubber is going to help me? <laughs> all, all that, right? I'm telling you, I can show you. I'm literally running a fucking ping pong shop on the side here. <laughs> but guess what? I, once I, and all, all my coach keeps saying, you know, it's not your equipment. It's you. It's not your equipment. It's you. It's you. It's you. You suck. No equipment is going to make you better. He didn't say it like that, but he was like, dude, you, you realize once you learn the technique, you can play with anything. You can play with your phone. All right. There was a great pool player. Some say the greatest of them all, especially greatest straight pool player, Willie Moscone. And they all play with, you know, their own special cues. He, I know for a while he was playing with a Rambo, and then I think he may have went to Balabushka. But anyway, um, somebody said, and it was very true, you take Willie Moscone, all he needs, is, you give him a broom and put a tip on it, he'll still run the table, and then afterwards he'll sweep the joint out too. And it's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, equipment does help to a degree, but you, yeah, it's about you. So in, in, in wrestling's term or in grappling or in combat sport, that means doesn't matter what system I, I feel like doesn't matter what you want to do. One, you get a coach Two, you get workout partners, right? Those are two things you got to have. And then three, you got to be consistent. That's the thing. You, my coach told me the other day, my ping pong coach, the other day, he goes, I, I was playing with the guy the other day. And then the guy was like, Oh, well, he thought I was pretty good. He was talking to my coach. This guy's, thought I was pretty good. He's been learning ping pong for four years, but he plays once a week. I've been learning ping pong for two years. I play five times a week. I'm better than him because I spend yeah, much see. time doing it, right? I've been trying to live it, breathe it, and learn about it, and then that's how you get better at anything. It's your time spent. Well, and you have that passion for it. Obviously, the other guy is only going once a week for whatever the reason is. Right. You, you're making the time to do it. Um, and you're not wasting better. your time. Well, you got to have a good coach. I mean, this is another thing. A lot of people don't have, we talked about this ad nauseum about getting a quality coach and, and, you know, sometimes the more famous doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're better. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But, um, you know, I, all I know is we, we have a little unique spot in, in the world and we do our thing our way, even our application of submissions, nobody else is doing it unless they train with me or watch my videos and are now, you know, uh, pilfering, you know, know, putting it in. Um, It's funny. I'll tell you this. I read an article the other day uh, from Flow Wrestling, and they were trying to figure out the origin of leg locks. Nothing definitive, but still, everything still traces back to either catch wrestling or maybe some other form of grappling slash jiu-jitsu, but it's all going back that far. But I'm sidetracking. So, Tony, you would, um, going back to the point that you were making on coaches, I could give you a good example, okay? So let me tell you a story. Um, my coach here, I love the guy. I've been working with him for two, two, two plus years. He's not a great communicator. He doesn't, he's not Chinese, and he just, so he doesn't speak Chinese, and his English isn't very good. But he works me out great like I'm exhausted when I'm done right so I like that about him and he is very foundation uh foundational meaning like I told you last time he's taught me one stroke in like two years I've been learning one move for two fucking years but now I'm feeling like I can probably hit that you know use that move anywhere I am now right so I feel a little better but I always get frustrated there's like things that he'd be saying that I'm like 
I don't know what he means. I, I, I'm like, he's like, don't move. I'm like, do you mean don't move my feet at all? Don't move from this area or do certain things, right? So when I started going to visit my folks up in Seattle, I, I want to play. So I got another coach there. Well, guess what? This lady speaks Chinese and English. So she was able to, like, in a couple of hours, help me make connections that this other guy has been trying to tell me for a year or two that I couldn't make because of the language barrier or whatever. But it was, the guy wasn't telling me anything wrong, and I wasn't slow to picking it up, but I needed this third party coming in to really, all of a sudden was like, oh, my God. Boom. Now it dawned on me what this guy was trying to say because she was able to explain it to me in a different way, in a in more effective way that I can understand. Right? So sometimes that's all he took. Yeah, that's what you're good at. You, you're a good communicator, and I've always bragged. I said, you're the best coach because you, you, can, you can get your thoughts across. Sometimes I, I come across in a different way that, that not everybody – it's not their cup of tea, but you're more placid and pacific than I am. You know, I'm a bundle of friggin' energy. You, you know, you're low-key, which is probably in certain times very good. You know? well, well, I smoke a lot of weed, or people say I'm calm <laughs> under pressure. It's one or the other. Well, you know, Ted Williams was arguably arguably the greatest hitter of all time. He became a manager, and he was not a good, successful manager because he could, even though he he was better than anybody with hitting, he just couldn't get get the point. He couldn't. He he wasn't a good instructor. So yeah, you do have those guys who have the technology, uh, the the uh, the knowledge and the technical ability that they can't get the point across. Um, and then you got others who may not have been that very, you know, not that good. But they're really successful coaches, you know. Um, yeah, no, but I, then I wasn't that good of a wrestler by any means, you know, accomplishment wise and all of that. But you know, I do feel like I can explain things. Well, you, yeah, I think you can too. But I think you're, you know, you you soft sell yourself sometimes. But no, you know what? The thing is, when we met twenty some years ago, you know, it was a different time, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it's got to be like 25 years, easy. And uh, it was just a, just a different time. And and now I think it's <clears> – we're living oh, in Beth, crazy – Beth says hi. Oh, hey, Beth, see, hey, tell her hi. Yeah. Um, she, now there's a lot of violence. Violence is hitting the, the, the airwaves a lot, and there's like a lot of gun violence. And it's funny because I was a child of the 70s, and that's all we had was gun violence, okay? I mean, in my neighborhood, but in other neighborhoods too, you know, around the country. A lot of guns, a lot of weapons. And, and then for a while in, in America, it kind of started to subside. You didn't hear much about it. And now it's, it's flaring up again. Um, and that's why I think it's critical now that many martial artists put, like, their sport grappling thing on a little bit of a hi- hiatus – not meaning don't train sport at all, but start getting into the mindset of real-world encounters and real-world violence because you're not prepared for it. Your sport is not going to, you know, there's a big chasm there between the engagement and getting it to the ground and you successfully ending the situation. I mean, learn, learn, learn from everything from, I don't think you could call yourself like into self-defense or that kind of stuff. If you don't even learn how to de-escalate situations, yeah, 
Well, right. that's right. Don't get into them. Don't fight. Walk away, calm people down, be the nice, be the good person, get everybody home safely. Yeah, and and then if you can't, if it's, you know, thrust upon you, then you you but you have to right. be ready to go. Exactly. But yeah. we've we've heard we've heard many countless stories of guys failing, you know, their training has failed them. Well, it's it's not necessarily that your training it your training wasn't geared, you know, for what you ended up in. You weren't training grappling for self-defense at all. So I don't look at it as like your training. You're trying to apply your training to something it wasn't designed for. So, you know, let me just tell you something really quick. When I was in ninth grade, I I had a Latin class. Um, and my Latin instructor was Father David, um, old Catholic priest, a Benedictine monk, Benedictine priest. Um, and he told the story. He only spoke Latin and, of course, English. And Italian is derived from Latin. Most of the Spanish languages are, or a lot of languages, even the, the Romance anyway, languages. Right. So he took a trip to Rome, and I'll never forget this. He didn't know a not, 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 not nothing of Italian. He gets into the taxi cab, and he starts trying to speak Latin to the cab driver. The cab driver literally had no idea what the hell he was saying, okay? And, and that's kind of the situation with your grappling training or any martial arts training. I shouldn't pinpoint just grappling. It's all of it. If you are not realistically training for street encounters, all in bullshit, life and death training, you're going to fail like Father David failed with his Latin to his Italian. You know, his Latin is perfect. If he was talking to a doctor, if he was talking to another priest, if he was talking to a pharmacist or maybe even a lawyer, he'd probably be okay because they have a working knowledge of Latin. But you have to have the right tool for the job. So, you know, Father David thought I might get lucky with the Latin. And some people who are sport grapplers say I might get lucky with the sport, or they may not say this, but they just assume they're going to be able to handle the situation, and they very well may. But you're going to run into a situation where, you know, if you don't, you're in a lot of trouble. Just like Father David, you're in you're in a foreign country now, man. If nobody knows your language, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. If you don't if you don't learn physically how to take Brian from the garage door next to the boiler and physically move them next to the weight bench. And while trying to hit him in the head with a five pound weight, you'll never be able to do it in real life. <laughs> right. You won't. No, it's, it, it, oh. it, it's real. Well, you know, we talk about like, I never had, I never got exposure to like the martial art movies, except there was like Kung Fu theater for a while in Cleveland on like Saturdays or something. And they were the Chinese, you know, one guy against 20. Oh, so, you know, I, I knew that this, huh? I did. I had a TKD uh, class for when I was 12 years old, 13. I took TKD for like six months with a guy in Hopkins, Minnesota. I think he was uh, trying to be an alternate on, on the ADA Olympic team at the time. This was like 1984, 1985. Kevin something. He, he had a... Uh, listen, I, I didn't, I could barely speak English, so I really don't know, you know, exactly how good of a coach he was, but uh, I mean, 
the tornado kick, I'm pretty sure that Brian was talking about us from there all those years ago. My whole thing was when I saw these rare occasions of these martial art movies, I'm like, this isn't real. Because I saw so many so much violence in the streets. I'm like, this isn't no, this isn't real. This isn't not how it goes down. So I was one of the few guys. I mean, I did like to watch the show Kung Fu, but I, I was one of the few guys that could separate oh. separate it from reality because real fights don't look like that. No, no. You know, I told somebody once about he showed me these videos of these guys just back in the 90s doing these moves. You know, they weren't wrestlers, but they were so pretty, right? Um, absolutely pretty. And I'm like, well, you know, this isn't fighting. I doubt he's been in a fight because real fighting is ugly. It's it's not pretty because everything seems never goes textbook. So you've, you've got to look. I mean, if you look picture perfect, odds are, you know, it's it's all staged, of course. You know that going in, but you, you, you can't give the illusion that it's really this simple. If it's just a demonstration, that's fine. I've seen some awesome, fantastic demonstrations, but – it's that's all it is. It's it's a demonstration. It's not. Dude, it's it's fast. It's chaotic. It's fucking yeah. messy as fuck. I'm lucky that some of the uh, silly little uh, brouhaha's I mean, and uh, nobody got seriously hurt. Seriously, I mean, but it's like, dude, they could all go wrong. From from the high school ones to the grown up ones, they could all go wrong. Very fast. Yeah. Yeah, it sure can, and it sure does, and. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes. That's they are. Chaos. It's chaotic, and boom! Before you know it, it's usually over. And then, like, it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, you get in over your head, you know. And the next thing you know, you're standing in front of a judge, you know. Um, if you're lucky, if you're even standing, you may be the other one. They may be crying over your coffin. So you know, you just gotta. You have to brace yourself for that kind of reality. A lot of guys that I've talked to about this hardcore shit, I've, I've gone into it. Like Joe, Joe's seen where I came from. Joe knows a lot of the stories. Um, it sends shivers down your spine. It's totally, you know, training can be very antiseptic, you know, all, all training. And, uh, you know, violent encounters are just completely, totally the opposite. And it's like, we all know how to say the alphabet. Very few of us could say the alphabet immediately off the top of your head backwards at the same speed, right? Because it's something you haven't practiced, something you haven't trained for. So um, that's how it is with the street fight. You may think you know all of this shit. Oh, I can do it when I have to. It, no, you can't. Oh, yeah, you'll freeze and you'll screw up. And you got to train for it not one day or a weekend seminar. You got to train for it for years and be prepared for that. Both mentally as well as physically. I but I know I know I'm not ready for any kind of armed uh, encounters, whether it may be just a knife or a gun. I don't know shit, and then I'd be the first to get stabbed or killed. Seriously. Well, never, we're not going to have. I'm just saying. Listen, I know my limits, right? I know what I can and can't do, what I won't and won't do. And again, I I rather de-escalate, and then you know I don't know who's packing nowadays. I'm either going to get one on the side or get one upside the head. No, Bruce, I'll give you a quick, like, I'm going to tell you what I, the way I thought as a kid growing up, who's packing? Everybody. Right. Exactly. Even if they're not. Right. You, That's you, what I you, meant, right? Everyone. Yep. You don't know who is. You just assume everybody is. You, you, you have to. Just like yeah. I, 
I have to assume if you and I, not you specifically, but in general, you and I are going to get into it. Somebody here is going to lose their life. I know one thing. I'm capable of taking your life. This is not even debatable. There's right. people out there that they're not capable of taking somebody's life. It's pure luck. They don't have the ability or the skill. Um, but I also assume that you have the ability mindset, to take mine. Even this conversation will make people uncomfortable. Well, it's, it, it might, but that's the harsh reality. Where, huh? you, know, you're, you know, like the people don't probably don't see where you're coming from or what I'm talking about, where I'm thinking, hey, listen, I never have to hope I never have to do it, but I really like to have the capability of doing something like that. Yeah, well, some people don't just don't have it. I mean, you know, I mean, all right, let's say like a, a roundhouse kick or, a, a, you know, a top wrist lock or, you know, a Kimura, whatever you want to, you know, double wrist lock, a Kimura. That they ain't going to take somebody's life, okay? Right. You got to you got to have a different mindset than it's not. It, nothing is that simple. Is all I'm trying to say, you know. And I'm not dogging on it because the point is, it's 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 not an insult to the to, to the practitioners. It's just like Father David again. You know, he right. he knew Latin very well, but he didn't know Italian. And same here. You may know all your Taekwondo moves or your you know submission style wrestling moves, but. That, there's a difference when it's the street, a big even difference. The, even the gun guys have to practice against knife defense and things like that, right? Because they get all knifed. Well, they got to practice hitting the target too. I mean, yeah, there's a, everything is pr- training, training, training. Oh. You know, Drawing, but some, hitting the target, measuring their distance. Did you hear about that Italian skeet champion? Like. Two three weeks ago, killed himself on accident with a gun. Just died. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. Not the skiing accident or the ski accident. Skeeting. He's a he was a skeet shooter, and he went on a hunting trip or or not a hunting trip. I take that back. A hiking trip in Italy. He had his gun and it accidentally discharged, and he killed himself. All right. Yeah, and you know he was like junior champion or world. He just won a world championship. But I don't follow skeet shooting, but uh, huh? And he's a professional with handling yeah, he's the tools be- and weapons. Yeah, yeah, he's the best in the world at what he did, and he accidentally killed himself. You know, shot himself and died. So, you know, there's a lesson to be learned in all of this stuff. You know, don't take your skills for granted. Now. He wasn't in any sort of self-defense situation. It was an accidental discharge. But apparently, it was in a scenario that he wasn't trained for because it happened. So don't be that same guy. Don't be the guy that thinks your your form of training is going to just carry over. It very well may. But then again, it may not. And if it doesn't, it could be disastrous. So that's why this series was laying the foundation for hopefully more series in the vein where we can really get into everything, striking and how to move footwork, which is so important, how to not get, you know, being how to keep your opponent in front of you, but you're not in front of him. All of this shit that's so pertinent, you know, moving on the ground, all of that jazz, that's more than just uh, a submission technique or a knockout punch, because, you know, that's like putting a chimney on top of the house. You got to build the house first. Okay. Um, Everybody's making videos on how to build the chimney. You 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 gotta you gotta have that foundation first. That's what's the key here, in my opinion, at least. So anyway, you guys got any closing? Oh, hello. You got any closing things to say, guys? 
I'll start and then I'll, I'll let you guys close off. But I, I, again, I, I really encourage everybody to get this video. I'm, I'm super pumped about the content that was there. I think it's a great single video that covers a gamut of stand up and ground techniques. And so I think buying the video standalone by itself is worthwhile. But also I think the Tony's point is that if you get this video, it also encourages us to have more videos made because there's obviously so much more knowledge that Tony has to impart. So uh, for two reasons, A, you're going to get a lot of great information in a single source. And I wanted to point, I forgot to mention early, you can download the videos, but you can also stream them on their site. So if you have trouble downloading it, you can always watch it from their web viewer. So technically you have a couple options to view the videos. So again, I just, I'm super pumped that it's out. I think it's, a, it's some great content for people who want to learn how to, to uh, grapple nasty. Uh, like you would if your life was on the line. Uh, it's not hyperbole. Uh, this is how I'd want to fight if I had to protect myself or my loved ones. Um, so I, I, I'm super happy that it's out there just for my knowledge. And I hope people who are interested in this kind of thing, go get it. And again, because it'll hopefully encourage us to uh, delve further and getting more, more content on recorded and shared with the community. And on that note, I forgot to mention that we got about one week left and then we're permanently closing this Tri-C program. So uh, the 31st of January. So, um, you know, jump on it because then you're in, you're locked in and, you know, you'll, you'll eventually learn the stuff that I'm talking about. Um, but you're not going to be able to, at least at this juncture um, with the, because uh, I'm going to close it out. And if, if, if I come up with a replacement, which honestly, I, I haven't given it as a lot of thought yet because the focus has been this video series. Um, it will not be anything like the Tri-C as far as in-depth. It'll be uh, maybe, you know, just a short six-month or one-year uh, training program. Um, it will not be anything like the Tri-C. So uh, jump on it and jump on the membership site here, too. That's only 10 bucks a month now. Come on. advantage of it. One thing I totally forgot on how Joe mentioned it earlier because we were talking about Tony's part. Um, if Javier were on this, I, I would have remembered it sooner. Uh, the whole set, though, also, you know, the, there's a street application, and then there was also uh, how to tweak it so you could use it for, you know, sporting and in the, in the gym in every day, you know, in a friendlier setting, too. Yeah, and Javier is a small guy, and he's using yeah. the exact same techniques. They work against any human being on planet Earth, you just have to get get accustomed to doing it. The way that we apply it does not a, does not take strength. I know a lot of styles say, "Oh no, we're all technique," but you may be. But there's actually improved techniques. There's ways of actually improving it, and we did, we do. That's this is how it, we do it, and have been doing it forever. So check it out, please. I, I ask you guys sincerely. I know through the years I've asked for help, like when I lost the gym or this or that, and you know, it seems to fall on deaf ears, um, and this may fall on deaf ears again too. Um, but well, listen, the good news is the good news is uh, I'm probably going to move back sometime this summer or at end of the summer, Tony. So we can work out again. Oh, that's awesome. That'd be that'd be good. Maybe we can. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. You know, um, with my mom. But more importantly, right now, as far as business goes, this video series is going to make it or break it for me. You know, it'll, if it, this, if this doesn't sell, then I'm closing up shop, you know, I'll still teach the Tri-C guys, but 
you know, I have to focus on my, my future, uh, my life, my income, everything. So, you know, um, so this really is probably the, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know what to do. Do your thing community. All right. Let's keep this guy in business so we can keep the content flowing. Yeah, I wish, you know, and I hope so. And you know what, it's not a big burden on an individual, but if we get, you know, a lot of people involved, you know, thousands of people, which we're talking worldwide reach here. So thousands worldwide is, is, is nothing. It's a tiny minuscule amount compared to all the martial arts out martial artists out there. Um, so it should be very doable. Uh, let's just hope it is. Um, and then if it isn't, then we cross that bridge when we come to it. But let's hope we don't have to cross that bridge, uh, especially you, Bruce, because you like to trip and fall. You said so yourself. I'm falling all over the place. Yeah, people, th- women do that when they see friggin' Joe in person. They they fall all over him. That's why I have to learn no, CPR. I do, I do want to come to your massive backyard uh, to throw knives. And uh, do you have stuff I can uh, swing swords at and cut too, or no? You know, well, Tony, that's who we hit with swords. Honestly. <laughs> we invite him over, just give him a couple of beers. And he, honestly, that's some of his training to take pain. So he, he I'm serious. I got a whole bunch of swords here that I've never uh, had a chance to cut anything with them because I haven't even bought, uh, you know, grinding stones and polishing stuff because I haven't cut them and because I haven't had a place to go and cut stuff. Well, I'll set something up because they called that like the the heavy bag equivalent for a sword is called a pell. It's we basically just, like a post. I, I just need, if you got room, I'll go, we'll just go buy a bunch of bottles and fill them up with water to start. I don't need That'd anything. That'd be awesome. We should film that for the, the channel. Just I, Yeah. I'm telling you, I got swords and I, I'm dying to cut them. Oh, all right. Yeah. When you're back in the area, bring them. We'll yeah. set something up. I'm all game for it. And I have a shitload of uh, throwing knives, little ones, because I didn't want to buy ones that were too big yet. But I got tons of little ones. Tony, I imagine you ever seen those old kung fu movies with a guy in an outfit with like like knives yeah. down everywhere? Yeah. I want one of those things. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I got something to say on a different note completely. So the last time we did this podcast, we were talking about maybe me getting back into Pac-Man. So... I wanted to order that joystick. Well, the guy had COVID, and he's the only guy in the world that makes this particular joystick modification. So I had to wait. Wait, um, For what? For Pac-Man. You know, I used to be a Pac-Man champ. So I thought you said Batman. I was like, no, no, no. Joystick for Batman. Well, he he finally came back to life on Friday. So I ordered it, and I was rebuilding my controller box, and I ripped one of the wires. And with my poor eyesight, in the old days, I could electronics was easy. Now I, I got to fix that. I, I build another cabinet as well. But I should get the joystick this week sometime coming up. Do you, and, play, do you play PC games or console games, anything like that, Tony? No, I play nothing, but I, I'm, I'm trying to get back into it. Uh, MAME, you know, M-A-M-E, multi-arcade uh, machine emulation. You know, the old stuff. I can play Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, whatever. You know, Frogger. Uh, no, this is outside the topic for the podcast. But I, hey, for anybody listening, uh, hit me up. You can find me through Joe if you're into Call of Duty. <laughs> I just got sucked <laughs> into that very recently, and I'm doing all my camo grinds uh, in <laughs> Vanguard. So uh, if anyone is listening, hit me up. 
I'll have my son play you. He's into all that. He's played really? people all oh, over dude. the world. All I'm, over the world. I'm dying. I'm ready to. Uh, that's what I have scheduled for the day after this. I'm going to be sitting right here playing video games and trying to get a camel for these guns. Fucking digital guns, Tony, with digital skins. That's what I'm sitting here for. Well, see, you're you're in a self-defense mindset. That's a good thing. You're 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 getting there, man. You're making Taiwan proud, you know. And if you drink too much, I guess that would be you're going to be Taiwan on, okay? But anyway, um, I, I'm out of here, guys, because I'm going to make right. uh, some lunch. Good to see you, Bruce. Love you, love you too, Joe. And thank you, everybody, for listening and or watching. All right, all right, folks. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.